She's a girl dressed in black from another world. Listen, breathes like a girl from another world. She don't know my name. She don't have the time of day. Celebrate Medicaid till we numb the pain. In the sun, it's still dark like it always rains. She don't feel the same. She don't have the time of day. Welcome to the Blockade Runner Podcast number 119. My name is John. Uh, that guy over there is Ryan. Hey, John, are you like out in the wilderness right now? Oh, can you hear the wilderness? <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice though. I, I feel like it's appropriate. Okay. Yeah, no, my windows are open because it's a beautiful like 70 degree evening here in Illinois. And uh, nice. Yeah, you can hear the locusts and the mm-hmm. uh, crickets or something. I don't know what they are. Yeah, um, did you hear that the Locust, the band, is getting back together and recording new music? Um, I did not hear that, but I probably truthfully have only ever heard of the Locust, but never actually heard the Locust, so. Ooh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, did you hear, Ryan, that we're on a time limit, time crunch here, and we have a lot of juicy stuff to talk about uh, from day two of D23? Um, yeah. Because, um, you know, hopefully you guys by now have heard our previous episode, number 118, which covered day one of D23, which is Mando, which is Obi-Juan, uh, which is Clone Wars and a couple other things. So um, day two, Ryan, we really wanted to record this on Saturday or Sunday. Um, it's now, what, Wednesday mm-hmm. night. We wanted to record yeah. it on Saturday or Sunday, but um, you know what they did? They went and withheld that video from us until <laughs> Monday morning. Yeah, uh, we got tricked. Yeah. And I tried to trick you into recording this episode anyways, even though we hadn't even seen the video. And you were like, uh, why don't we wait until we've actually seen the thing that you want to talk about on the episode? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Which was, in retrospect, probably a good idea. But uh, I was excited. So, um, yeah. Okay. All that being said, we want to try to, in the next hour, talk about um, what was discussed at the D23 panel uh, on Saturday. And um, we want to talk primarily about the video, uh, the teaser. I feel like it's basically a teaser trailer, like a second teaser trailer. Do you agree? Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's weird because it's so short. Like, I mean, the Rise of Skywalker stuff is so short. Like, it almost reminds me of, like, one of the TV commercials. Um, like, all the different ones we got for Last Jedi. Um, but then when you put it together in like the bigger picture, um, with all the like, you know, previous, uh, footage and stuff from like the older movies, like it, it feels more like a proper trailer then. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's an interesting byproduct of like something that can really only happen with this franchise. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I'm I'm really curious to see if it will play in movie theaters at all. Um, you know, I kind of doubt mm-hmm. it, but I think it's possible. And like, it's really well done, and it's really cool. 
Um, but uh, you know what? We're going to talk all about it in just a few minutes. Why don't we start off by, uh, I actually am, I was putting together the show notes and I thought, let's just use this great um, post on StarWars.com from Kristen Braver, uh, which is um, all about basically what uh, was discussed on Saturday at this panel. So um, the uh, first thing they talk about uh, or that Kristen writes about in this post is this great story from J.J. Abrams about Carrie Fisher. Um, and you caught this, right, Ryan? I I think you caught this story, um, that, uh, JJ talked about the experience of reading, uh, the princess diarist after, Mm -hmm. uh, Carrie had passed away and after he had kind of like signed back on to do, uh, episode nine and, uh, and, and, and about the fact that Carrie, uh, thanked him for putting up with her twice. And, uh, you know, he'd only ever worked with her the one time. So it was a little bit of a special moment for JJ. And, uh, you know, a lot of us are, are pretty emotional about the, the Carrie thing and, and, uh, and, and really looking forward to seeing the way Carrie um, and Leia will be implemented into this movie. Uh, another thing is that um, J.J. has s- said this weekend um, in some of the press interviews and maybe on stage at the event, we weren't there, but uh, that, that, that Leia and, and Carrie are the heart of this movie, which is uh, Mm-hmm. really interesting to hear as well but yeah i love this story i i read the princess diarist i loved uh reading that book and i can only imagine what it must have been like for jj to uh to be faced with putting together episode nine you know to be in the early stages of putting together episode nine and to see a comment like that um in her book crazy yeah yeah really cool um okay uh also the i don't want to say the poster for the Rise of Skywalker was revealed because it's not the poster. It's at, no, it's it's the first official poster. Yeah, like at best a teaser poster. Um, mm-hmm. I can, I'm kind of going back and forth in my head, like thinking about it. Like, is it a teaser poster or is it like a giveaway poster at a convention poster? You know what I mean? So I don't oh. like. Basically, is it going to be in movie theaters or anywhere else, or did they just kind of make it for the internet and to give away at D23? And I don't have an answer yeah. to that. No, I don't know either. Because, I mean, we get, like, a few different stages of Star Wars posters a lot of times. Like, we'll get the one that's just, like, a logo and just, like, a month, usually, on it. That's just, like, the Star Wars logo and, uh, you know, the, the, sub, the title of it and then a month. And then there's also, like, the... Um, different kinds of promotional posters. Like, there's the kinds of posters that um, you get at, like, Target. And then there's, like, the kinds of posters that, yeah, like, you have a 27 by 40 version in the movie theater. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't know what this will end up being. It's definitely not the final poster. Um, for sure, because even in this article, it was like, this is the first of the artistic posters for The Rise of Skywalker. Um, and it doesn't, it just doesn't, like, look like a proper (laughs) Star Wars poster that would be, like, you know. Yeah, it doesn't have any credits on it or anything like that. Um, yeah. The blog post refers to it as a teaser poster. And the thing is, too, it's being released so close to when I would imagine they will release an actual theatrical poster that it's just I, I feel like it's in a weird limbo place where it's 
it's a teaser poster, but like not even one that will be in movie theaters because they already put the, you know, blank Starfield with the logo on it poster out in movie theaters like in what April or maybe earlier than April actually whenever they announced a title. Oh, that was April, right? Anyway, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it was... but yeah, they put it out like earlier this year, so um, that's been in theaters for a while now, and I don't feel like they're going to put this one in theaters for a month just so they can replace it with a theatrical poster, you know. And I'm looking right now at my giveaway poster from Anaheim 2015, and it's a Force Awakens giveaway poster. Granted, they gave that to us in April for a December release, and this is you know August for a December release, but uh, it's just the logo, but it's like at a weird angle. And it's the Starfield or whatever. And it's, you know, no part of me ever thought when I got it, like, oh, maybe this is the teaser poster. It was just like, eh, this is a poster they're giving away. And I guess the reason I'm open to the conversation about the poster with, is it really the real, like, is it really, really a real poster at all? Is because I don't personally like it very much. I have to say, I'm kind of disappointed by this poster. Um, I feel like the discussion is sort of two things, like conceptually, Ray and Kylo on a piece of wreckage, uh, lightsaber battle, blue lightning, red lightning, um, Emperor Palpatine, you know, kind of looming over them, um, in the background that I'm into. Like, I like every part of that, everything about that I like, but Mm -hmm. it's just another one of these posters that feels very Photoshop, very, um, I mean, I'm just going to say it, it feels like kind of deviant art. You know what I mean? It just doesn't, I don't know. It just it just doesn't feel like a theatrical movie poster to me. Uh, I honestly feel like it looks more like an animated movie poster than than uh, than a theatrical movie poster. So it's just the execution of it, the style of it. Um, I don't love. Yeah, um, I'm pretty much with you. Like as far as the aesthetic goes, like you also um, you you complained about this poster a lot over the past five days and you know you just had three um kind of condescending descriptors right there but you also described it as like the cover of a kid's book uh i think um the cover uh maybe like the cover of like uh like official magazine or something like that um, you know, those yeah. like tight Titan books does those magazines and stuff, um, which are, which are usually pretty fun, but, um, they're also like, you know, uh, are their, their own thing. And I think like, um, this poster works really well, um, conceptually, um, because it does like it it shows you everything you need to know about this movie the core conflict is going to be you know with ray and kylo and you know palpatine has his eye on that if he hasn't been orchestrating it the whole time yeah yeah no that's great and you know it's not even like i feel like such a jerk for like criticizing the poster at all or whatever because mm-hmm. you know on its own it's a fine piece of star wars art or whatever it's just that i just don't feel like i guess, I guess part of it is that i feel like we see this type of art frequently because i think you can produce it faster and for less expense you know what i mean 
And so mm-hmm. that's why it's like it's not it's not that I don't like the covers of children's books or official magazines or animated movie posters. Right. It's not like I don't like that stuff, and it's not like I, you know, don't like this poster. I guess from a certain perspective, but it's just that if it's going to be a teaser poster for the ninth movie in the Star Wars saga, I want it to look like something I don't see all the time. And so if you had hired an artist to paint something um, and spend a lot of time on it and it looked epic and it looked befitting of a theatrical movie poster release, then I feel like I'd be more satisfied even with the same concept. Again, I have no problem with the concept. It's just like this just does not look like stylistically or I guess quality wise quality is not the right word because it's good for what it is it's just not the kind of thing you expect to see for a big movie poster it just doesn't feel like that you know um so I think it's very good for what it is you know and and I should say too although nobody listening to this show was at d23 this weekend I'm almost positive but if I was there and they gave one to me I'd be super stoked about it I'd be very excited to have this on my wall so I'm not trying to rain on the parade of people who got this poster for free because that would also be awesome. I'd be very excited to have it. I'd love it. But if I walk into my local movie theater and this is the the teaser poster for the new Star Wars movie, I'm just I'm just a little bit underwhelmed by it. Let's say that. Yeah, I think um, I I also like what kind of scares me is I feel like there's been like in just the past like in recent years there's been like a decline in the artistic and aesthetic elements of blockbuster movie posters and like (laughs) i mean i think the ones that get like the most crap are like the the spider-man movie posters um which great movies homecoming far from home amazing movies i love those films the posters are terrible (laughs) like consistently and then i think even something like you know that again because we can't not compare the rise of skywalker to avengers endgame but even something like that i i just had to look up on my phone what the poster was for that movie because i couldn't even picture it in my head hey i bet i know i bet it's um all the avengers photoshopped into a pose together with some filter on it that makes it vaguely look like a painting but actually it's just all photoshopped together it's yeah i mean it's just a bunch of like torsos and heads yeah right like all photoshopped stacked on top of each other and yeah um and i've got to say like um i think um, you know, I keep glancing back at my Last Jedi poster, and, you know, that's not too far removed from, like, what we see in Avengers Endgame. Um, it is, like, just a bunch of people photoshopped together on there, but there's so much other stuff happening, because you have, like, the bottom of the poster is, like, crate, basically, um, and then you just have, like, those heavy red tones um throughout there um so you know i think that's like a step above but like what i really like when i think about star wars posters from recent years is it goes back to the solo posters Mm. like the main solo one and then the individual character ones like those are 
those are some stylish posters. Yeah, and they they have they have some vision and they have some personality and there's a voice to those posters and they yeah they just feel like something that somebody put some thought into. Um, mm-hmm. and not that this one doesn't feel like it, you know. I, yeah, thematically yeah. it's cool and stuff, but it's just it just doesn't feel that unique. And and the thing about it that's a bummer is like, and and then we should move on because we shouldn't spend mm-hmm. more than five minutes ragging on this poster, but like. Uh, this movie should have like the biggest marketing budget or at least at its disposal if it needs it, you know, of any big movie, I feel like, because it's episode nine of the Star Wars saga. And mm-hmm. I don't know how they budget, you know, uh, poster production for a movie or whatever, but like I sure hope that nobody at Disney was like, you know, in in the marketing area was like, well, I kind of want to get, you know, so-and-so to paint a unique poster for this movie. And then somebody else said, yeah, it costs too much and takes too long. Just, you know put together the way put it together the way we do for every other poster for every other movie but that's what Mm -hmm. this feels like you know granted we haven't seen the final poster yet and hopefully the final poster will blow us away but i bet it'll be like the force awakens which was fine but also still not that exciting because it just didn't have some of the heart and some of the craftsmanship that that Mm -hmm. the previous posters had but um my point about the whole budget thing and, and you know marketing budget and all that is like i promise you that the first like you know, poster that Mondo Tease puts out for episode nine or whatever <laughs> will be way yeah. better than this, you know? Yeah. And it's like, they're like a little, you know, boutique poster company that sells, you know, $60 posters to people on the internet and they sell out in 10 minutes. And I mean, there's a big audience for them and it's really cool, but mm-hmm. like, come on, if, if that company can do it, then why can't Lucasfilm and Disney? And I think it's just cause they don't probably care that much about Somebody who's making the decisions just doesn't really feel it's that important. Or I guess maybe they think this is what sells to have a poster that looks like all the yeah. other big movie posters too. You know, I th- I think that's you know what uh, what it probably comes down to is like, well, we could have like a super stylized artistic poster, something like you would get from Mondo, um, that sort of thing. But I mean, it's but with Mondo, it's not like Mondo has a house style. They work with tons of different artists, so you get all kinds of different stuff. But, um, you know, you could get something like that. Or I think everyone is going to be... Everyone who's marketing blockbuster films at this point is like is going to be like, well, what's the number one grossing movie of all time supposed to look like? Cool. We'll just put like a bunch of bunch of people's faces there and tint it purple and call it a day. Yeah, not that that's like not hard to do or whatever. Like it's you know there is like an art and a skill set for that. But I think with Star Wars we have like different expectations. So two quick things about this. Here are the two routes I will allow Disney to go with this. Okay. First, uh, just get Drew Struzan. Do like full cast i don't know like how active he is these days um what the relationship he has with um you know lucasfilm in 2019 is um well he's retired and i think he said it was kind of a favor to jj when he did that um poster for d23 in 2015 yeah which was better than the actual theatrical poster for the force awakens but yeah I, i don't think he's really doing posters anymore so i mean i'm sure there's a there's a dollar amount they could probably send his way to get his Drew Struzan poster <laughs> for these movies. But yeah, I think he's kind of yeah. out out of that. Okay. Well, what's the well, other one? Okay. Oh, there's two more. Oh. Uh, F- Phil Noto. Oh, 
Yeah. Um, just have just have Filmo to do it. Um, <laughs> and then finally, you know, if you can't do anything else and you're like, you know, really just obsessed with this idea of like the super, you know, like photoshopped versions of actors, just do Attack of the Clones, Ray and Kylo back to back and some like tone poem up there. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like, cool. Just, just do that because be you cool. know yeah yeah embrace those attack of the clones connections because we know we know how important they're gonna be minimal um all right cool so last thing from this blog post and then we got to get into like the uh the main course here um is that there was some information about zori bliss um revealed here i guess carrie russell talked a little bit about it um and uh talked about the fact that there's like a uh, she's old friends with Poe Dameron. Um, mm. Yeah, and and Carrie referred to her to Zori as being very cool and a little bit shady. So it's interesting, you know, an old friend of Poe's. I would I would think maybe that's a romantic interest uh, from the past or something like that. Who knows? Or it could be something more complicated and less expected. But um, I don't know. With Poe Dameron looking like Poe Dameron, I would imagine you know, possibility yeah. for romance in the past is very high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like I love how everyone just jumped to that conclusion. Like, oh yeah, here are like two of the hottest people ever. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's got to be romantic. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for sure. Felicity and Poe Dameron. Let's do this. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, I'm I'm excited to uh, to learn more about that character, but we really have not learned anything yet. Um, uh huh. So um, let's jump into let's jump into the teaser, Ryan. Okay, 
Okay, let me let me share our first impression, and then we'll kind of maybe, and you can if if you'd like, and then we'll kind of break it down like sort of shot by shot or whatever. Uh, yeah. My first impression, uh, or my takeaway from the overall kind of experience of watching the trailer, is that um, I thought it was really effective, of course, to show the footage from the eight other Star Wars movies. Um, I thought that worked really well. I like the mm-hmm. fact that they went release order to a point. Like I like the fact that they did original trilogy <laughs> and then prequel trilogy personally, um, because they gave more time to the original trilogy, which I'm not, I'm not necessarily arguing like that they should have done that. Although I think it's smart, like marketing wise. Um, but I, I just like, I mean, that's, that's where we all started with Star Wars or that's where a, a, a big majority of the audience kind of started with Star Wars. I know as time goes on, that's less and less true, but um, I just feel like the point of it is to say like, hey, you've loved these stories for a long time and this is going to be the last mm-hmm. one. So to start with the original trilogy, I feel like makes the most sense. Um, and I think all the clips they chose were really good. I think the music was really good. But the big thing for me um, is the way seeing footage from the force awakens and the last jedi through a nostalgic lens was really powerful for me already and we're Mm -hmm. talking like you know two to four years removed from the release of those movies but i've I've seen footage from those movies obviously many many times and i've watched those movies many many times and i think about those movies all the time um but to see them again like through that nostalgic lens with that music playing and and following clips from the other six star wars movies like it really it really pushed all the right buttons for me. Like I loved that experience. So I think that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I think it was less of a like story trailer for, um, as far as like how, how they use that footage. Um, and it was more of just like a tone, like feeling type trailer. Um, because especially considering like the footage they used and the, um, you know, the, um, sort of, uh, the music and just vibe of the whole thing. Um, I mean, I think it will be cool to once the rise of Skywalker is out and we kind of know, what it's all about and everything you know we're comfortable with the content of it to like it would be cool to see whether it's official or fan made or whatever um uh a trailer put together like with the the thread that runs through all the movies so like starting with episode one and um you know moving through there and you know we have we have theories about like Palpatine and everything um and to get like that kind of vibe of a trailer um I think will be cool as well but I don't think that's what this one was really about yeah Um, almost like a Star Wars always but for like all nine movies kind of thing yeah 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 um but yeah yeah no No, that's cool yeah I totally hear what you're saying and that's why I think that this would work really well in a movie theater um just because like I think the point of this is to show audiences like it's to say, I think it really communicates the message like this is the culmination of all these experiences and all these movies that you've already seen. Like this is the end of all that. And it's a part of that, you know, without like mm-hmm. having to be like, remember when you watched Star Wars in 1977 and then you watched it again in, you know, 1999 and remember like there's a there's a way to do it like very overtly. 
and to have, mm-hmm. you know, um, text written or whatever and voiceover and all that stuff to say like, hey, number nine is the last one and it's ending this big sequence of movies. And then there's a way to do it that I think is much like classier and more subtle, but still really a powerful and effective. And that's like kind of what this trailer is. So, um, you know, I think if they started to show this in movie theaters from now until early October, and then they were to start showing the actual episode nine trailer, like that works for me, but it's probably an internet only thing, but I just, I don't know. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, they have, they've kind of done the text thing though, a bit with, um, you know, the original Rise of Skywalker teaser, like, you know, every saga has an end. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I know. But I mean, like, more of a... I mean, a little bit of text in a trailer is, is like, normal. But I mean, to be, like, a really blatant, like, this is the ninth movie in a nine-movie saga. Yeah. And, you know, they didn't do that. Or they, or they didn't start, like, saying, like, America, you've loved these movies since 1977. You know, nothing stupid like that. I mean, mm-hmm. it was still pretty subtle and classy, and, like, it's really thematic and, and works, like, on different levels the way that the 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 lines that are included in that first teaser are there, you know? Yeah. So, because I think this is... Because, I mean, that sort of does the same thing, too, right? It's connecting it to a larger saga and all that, but not mm-hmm. in such a blatant way as this. But in both cases, it's still kind of artful and tasteful the way they did it instead of, like, yeah. a, you know a real naked uh, (laughs) attempt to just be like, don't forget that this is, you know, connected to all that stuff. So anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, So why don't we uh, jump into kind of going through shot by shot and, uh, and taking a look at all this. Uh, Mm -hmm. The, the the first sort of, it opens up like the new footage opens up with um, uh, Ray, Finn, Poe, Chewbacca and C-3PO um, coming up over like a hill, uh, a cresting a hill or whatever, and then looking down into this valley on Pasana and seeing, uh, man, Ryan, I forget the name of the uh, the the aliens or the, the race on Pasana there. Do you remember them from the Vanity Fair article? Um, no. Whatever they're no. called. Uh, we see some of them, a bunch of them there. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, and, and you do see the Falcon, um, part of the Falcon, like behind a, a rock there in the, uh, in the first shot where, yeah. where the camera's facing them. So, you know, they came on the Falcon to Pasana and they're seeing some kind of like village. Uh, and there's a lot of life there. There's a lot of like, there's like these kites and sort of like banners waving and lots and lots of people. And, uh, it just seems like there's, there's a lot going on there. So. Um, and Ray, Ray definitely looks surprised. They all look surprised. They look kind of like, if not surprised, like they're sort of in awe at, uh, at what they're seeing there. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Any, uh, any thoughts on that or any? Yeah. Um, no, I don't really know what like the party or celebration or just life in general that's happening there. Mm-hmm. Um, all I know is C-3PO does not have red eyes at this point. Doesn't seem to be evil here. No, he does not. Mm-mm. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is like, this is one of those things that I feel like is impossible to kind of like theorize. Like it may just be like a jumping off point yeah, or yeah. like just like a plot progression point more than like a large thematic element or something right right story yeah i mean i think at this point it's hard to have any idea like how it fits into the 
story too much, but you know, it's just like it's it's pretty cool looking. I think is the is the takeaway at this point on that shot. Yeah. Know? So. Yeah. Yeah, and it's nice to see. Um, I think I can't remember if it was John Boyega or or uh, Oscar Isaac or Daisy or who, but uh, JJ and at least one of those actors this weekend was talking about how you know, one of the great things about this movie is the fact that they're on an adventure together. And we've been hearing that since April at celebration. Um, and it's mm-hmm. cool to see that kind of, uh, vibe here as well. Um, next shot is one of, uh, general Organa. Um, and, uh, you know, she, I feel like in this shot, she's kind of like, she's kind of doing a thing where she's like, ah, oh, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Or, you know, looks cool. Like, you know, good job or something like that. I don't know. Um, she, she kind of yeah. does like a subtle little expression. Um, and, uh, and, and she's on some kind of jungly planet. And I think we saw photos from that jungle planet at, at celebration, right. Um, during the panel, which they never mm-hmm. released those photos. So like, for instance, no. with the photo of Claude, Claude, it's like with a K. Yeah. Um, K L A U D Claude, uh, <laughs> We'll shout out mm-hmm. to JJ's comment and that uh, fantastic little audio bed that Blast Points uses whenever talking about Claude. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, no, no. Like there's uh, there's a photo of uh, I think it was Chewbacca and the Falcon and maybe Ray on this like jungle mm-hmm. planet, right? Um, in the in the panel celebration. Is that sound yeah. accurate? Yeah. So, anyways, that seems like we're we're late. Or wait, I don't know. I just said yeah to that. I can't picture. Yeah, it you in seem my head. distracted. <laughs> I don't know. Like you seem a little distracted. No, well, no, no. I'm look. I'm looking at the photo. I have. I have the notes pulled up on my phone. And I'm okay. looking at it, and yeah, I'm not. No, I. Can, I'm not getting anything out of it. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll you, I might circle back to it because I feel like the same location pops up later, but we'll see. I don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's good to see Leia in both teasers, um, and uh, they're definitely not you know shying away from the fact that she's in the movie. So. Uh, I think it'll be more than a, you know, 30 second cameo or something, but, uh, Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, the shot after that is all of these resistance slash rebellion slash whatever they're calling them in episode nine ships, um, in this kind of like dusky, uh, it's in atmosphere, but they're coming out of hyperspace, which is interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. kind of a different thing, but basically it's kind of, to me, this shot is like, yep, we got every kind of ship and they're back, you know? Um, cause you see X wings, you see Y wings, you see a wings, you see B wings. Um, and then there's even this one ship, uh, oh, is that, a, is that a, is that a blockade runner? It looks like it. Yeah. That's a blockade runner. Right. Um, yeah. and then I don't know if that's like a, some kind of Corellian cruiser. I mean, Corellian freighter there, sort of like a millennium Falcon type ship, but it's something else or mm-hmm. I don't know what that ship is. It's not the Falcon. Um, so I don't know what it is, but, but we're going to get some kind of space battles, um, surely with all these different ships and, um, they're all represented. So, I mean, that's cool too. Shot after that is a pretty Mm. insane (laughs) shot, um, which I think you have some thoughts, Ryan, on, on this one, but, uh, basically it's like how how many Star Destroyers in that shot? 50? Um, I mean, no, way more than that. More than that? There's probably a, around a hundred yeah there's a lot of storm uh of star destroyers there uh in, in that shot it's crazy so um but the big thing that is compelling about them to say like you for instance ryan is that they appear to mm-hmm. be 
Imperial Star Destroyers, like from the original trilogy and not First Order style Star Destroyers. Yep. Yep. Um, so, I mean, these are like, I guess like my theory around this is like pretty much like rooted and colored by, you know, reading some of the, um, you know, ancillary materials i guess of the the new canon um and so like in the novels um specifically the um chuck wendig aftermath trilogy there's um there's talks of um post fall of the empire um the contingency plan that the emperor had um, and then there's also talks of, you know, post Empire Fall, um, Operation Cinder, which is like the scouring of, um, you know, opposition planets, which I believe is like part of the contingency plan. Um, but what I've been thinking about more lately, so I guess that would imply like these are ships that, um, just like were you know, hanging out, ready to be activated in the Unknown Regions by Palpatine, like, Order 66 style. They were, like, sleeper ships or something, or, um, whatever. Um, but then I was thinking more recently, um, I'm not sure, I haven't, I don't know if this is, like, a, um, an idea that's been popping up on podcasts or anything, um, but if we are getting flashbacks in this film, which, I mean, there is pretty much a precedent for in the sequel trilogy with, um, you know, what happened um, between Kylo and Luke uh, in Last Jedi. So I don't, like... I don't really think of Star Wars as, like, a flashbacky film series. Um, but, you know... I think there there is that precedent for it. And my other thought would be if this is a flashback to um, Battle of Jakku, um, which was, again, part of... It was the Empire's final stand. And, you know, like we've heard from the books and, um, you know, the comics and... Um, a bit like even in I think there's a bit in Battlefront 2 um that references it I'm not sure but um yeah just this idea that um there's the Empire like just brings all of its ships to one place above Jakku and that's where like the um you know the rebellion just like you know comes in and um it's like a crazy battle and it like last for a long time and then the um you know obviously the um new republic ends up victorious there um but we do know there's just like there's a ton of ships um during that battle above Jakku and you know we see that in uh the force awakens like how there's just like star destroyers sticking out of the sand and everything um so yeah. I don't know. That's also something that it could be. I don't see the point of it unless they're, like, doing flashbacks to, like, you know, talk about 
the emperor's plan or something. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I had that thought had not crossed my mind until you brought it up, and I think it's pretty interesting. But um, I, that just seems like the amount of Star Destroyers on the screen there just seems like bananas and something like I feel like the power of it is in that you've never seen it before, you know? So, and, and that it's like, dude, this is the last movie. This is the last stand of the empire. Like there's, there's nothing coming after this. Like it's all or nothing right now, you know? And I suppose mm-hmm. like I like hypothetically, that's what the battle of Jakku is supposed to represent too. But if you're not going to see anything this overwhelming in episode nine's timeline, then to cut back 30 years earlier and be like, this is how powerful the empire was at the battle of Jakku. We have to defeat a much mm-hmm. smaller version of it in this movie. I feel like that would be sort of like a backwards way to kind of position things, you know? So I think that'd be kind of odd, although it's, it is an interesting idea that would be Jakku. But then the other thing is that the, the very next shot is, um, is uh, Finn and uh, Naomi Aki's character there uh, in, in the, in a ship. And it, I really feel like they're looking at these star destroyers. And obviously that's like, Maybe they just want me to think that because they've cut that that shot right after it. But even if like you look out the window of their ship that they're in, it looks like you know similar uh, sky in the background there and all that. And it, it could be you know something else for sure. It could be that planet that Zori Bliss flies down to, you know, in the uh, actually I don't, do we don't do we know that that's Zori Bliss? I guess we don't know it's Zori Bliss flying down there, but we saw her on that planet, that snowy planet in the Vanity Fair magazine. But, I mean, it could mm-hmm. be that planet, too. Or maybe both of these shots are from that planet or or any number of things, I guess. You know, who knows? Um, but, yeah, I feel like it's probably those two shots are linked, I think. Not not just in the teaser, but in reality. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Or or it's one of those, like, I don't, I don't want to say, like, trailer fake-outs or deceptions or anything, but there have been times that we've been, when we're going, like, all in on these trailers, where, you know, connecting a shot to the next shot, and it's turned out not to be the case. It's true, but I've heard a lot on the internet this weekend about how Star Wars trailers don't misdirect um, in response to the end of this trailer. So, I don't know. We'll see. It depends <laughs> on who you listen to, I that's, guess. That's, that's true to a point. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. The other thing is that like, and, and this was, um, uh, what's his Twitter handle, Rob, uh, from hardcore gaming one one And for, our, you know, any of our listeners might know from the steel wars podcast, GC nine X, I think maybe is his yeah, Twitter handle. Xerxes. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, I saw that he tweeted, um, sometime this weekend or early this week about how he thought it was interesting that it looks like all the lights are off on those ships. Like almost like they're mm-hmm. sleeping there, you know, like and and that would kind of lend itself to that contingency plan type thing that they're just been laying in wait, and it would kind of make sense for them to be lined up like that too, because like what kind of battle are those you know star destroyers engaging in, all lined up in rows like that, you know, it almost looks like they're in storage, kind of waiting to be called out, you know, called back into use or whatever. Yeah, um, but to be fair. Like, they're kind of silhouettes, and it doesn't, well, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. No, I mean, because um, yeah, you're under them, you know. But, like, you would see lights on underneath them, too, you know, on a story. I've never seen Star Destroyers, like, just totally dark like that, I don't feel like. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Which I didn't think of it. 
you know, that was wrong, no. but, uh, but I thought it was a good call. That's so, a good point. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Um, any thoughts on that shot of Finn and, uh, um, what's Naomi Aki's character again? Uh, well, her name's Naomi Aki. Remember. So anyways, uh, Finn and, yeah. and Naomi Aki there, any, any thoughts on that shot or they look scared? I think. I mean, yeah, it's Finn is just doing a classic Finn reaction there yeah. <laughs> of like, Oh no. Right, and to see what have I got myself into this time? Right, and to see her on the ship with him too. It's like I think we know that they'll come across her on some planet. I can't remember which, but this would imply that she's gonna, you know, join them um, in a significant way. And it's not just like a like a Maz Kanata where they come across her and they talk to her for ten minutes and then they continue on. But it's a mm-hmm. she'll be joining the party and and adventuring with them, which is good to see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the following shot, Ryan, is um, C-3PO, but he's evil. Uh, <laughs> no, we don't know. C-3PO with red eyes. I would think he's yeah. evil. Um, but uh, that was that was a pretty shocking <laughs> scene. We've heard rumors about C-3PO in this movie. Um, yeah. And actually, let me drop down to our... our we have some, some notable comments from uh, cast interviews from over the weekend that we may or may not get to, depending on time. And uh, one of them is from Anthony Daniels. And... Um, he says, uh, I'm front and center for a lot of it. For me and for 3PO, this is a very good uh, goodbye moment, episode nine. Um, so that's cool because I feel like, um, you know, C-3PO was very much not front and center in The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi. Um, pretty small roles for him in R2. So for um, Anthony Daniels to say that he's front and center for a lot of the movie and that it's a the movie is a very good goodbye moment for you know, both the character and for him, as this will possibly be his last Star Wars appearance. Um, that's a cool thing to see. So I would imagine there's going to be some, definitely some uh, significant 3PO development and 3PO, you know, usage, I guess, in, in episode nine here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't totally know what to think of this. Um I do know that um, the the type of protocol droid that um, what I forgot what um, oh a three PO unit um, is there's also triple um, zero in the Afra comics who is like um, you know a 3PO unit um but he's like evil he is evil yeah um <laughs> basically um so i think the red eyes there are like there's definitely some sort of connection um it's just it's it's weird because there was like the red arm um which is like pretty much the best joke in force awakens and like the weirdest um and like that ended up not having like any significance at all um but now it's red eyes um and then you kind of combine that with um the shot that we saw months and months ago with the first leaked um rise of skywalker images um, where we had 3PO with a bowcaster. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's all adding up to something going on with 3PO, right? I mean, for sure. Mm-hmm. 
I wonder if, um, first off, I'll save everybody the, uh, the, the lengthy conversation where I cut my promo about how JJ Abrams doesn't know who triple whatever his name is from the Afrocomic is. And, you know, uh, he doesn't have any connection to those comics. So like, you know, he's going to be doing all this stuff independently of those, I feel like, but, uh, I won't take it any further than that, but, but Ryan, I think that Mm -hmm. another interesting kind of possibility here is that, um, it's uh, like potentially we're seeing a motif showing up here where it's like, I don't know, evil versions of, uh, of Mm -hmm. characters. Um, or is there some kind of like, I don't know, doppelganger type, you know, motif going on here or, I hesitate to use the C word, but um, if it's mm-hmm. kind of hinting at at the idea that we're going to see um, like mirror images or, you know, something of some of these characters, because it just feels like the shot on its own is like, whoa, what's going on? Evil C-3PO. That's weird. But then, you know, when you think about the fact that and that, that final shot of the trailer is also in there, it's kind of like, well, are they, mm-hmm. I mean, it's possible that they're just completely disconnected but I think it's also possible that they are um, uh, both threads or, or both branches on the same, uh, you know, thematic tree or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think like, yeah, I'm JJ probably doesn't read Dr. Afra monthly. Um, but I, I do think there's something, um, you know, that's where that story group connection is. And if there is something like a, I don't know, Palpatine sets off a Sith bomb or something that just like turns everyone in this vicinity like evil, um, or whatever. I don't know. Or a he, Sith bomb. I don't what? know. That would be awful. What? A Sith bomb, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> they have those. Whatever. They have bombs that turn you into a Sith. I don't know. I don't know how this stuff works. Okay. But if like he did something to unleash some like dark side energy or something Uh um which is like a possibility off the last shot um and then it's like well and if jj was like well then does you know c3po all of a sudden have a double-bladed lightsaber and you know is he in robes and they're like well no we have a precedent for evil 3po robots which is triple zero in this comic. So that's, I think, how we could, how we'll, you know, show the manifestation of that. Yeah, that makes sense. I could see that. Um, I just think I'm inclined to believe that in, in most of these cases, what happens is J.J. Abrams goes, I want to have C-3PO with red eyes. And then if there's a problem or it doesn't line up for some reason, then they tell him. But I guess that's pretty close to what you just described as well, sort of like, I want C-3PO to be evil. How should I do that? And then they tell him. So mm-hmm. that would make sense, I yeah. guess. Uh, could be. Um, I don't know. It's definitely it's definitely one of the most like kind of intriguing shots. Uh, it's not like, like my mm-hmm. favorite shot, or it doesn't get me like more excited than you know. There's a lot of other stuff that I guess is more exciting than than that shot of C-3PO with the red eyes. But it is one of those shots that's like, what is going on here? You know, definitely makes you question things, which is interesting. Um, I had a lot of questions about the next shot. I had no idea what this mm-hmm. was, but you just answered it for me, so we can move on. That's the Sith bomb going uh, off. Yeah, <laughs> when when he drops, <laughs> when Palps drops that. That's Sith bomb. Uh, no, I mean it, it looks very much like 
in the force awakens when um uh, star killer base was going on yeah or just like the death star blowing stuff up from you know blowing jetta up from rogue one or you know just looks like a major laser blast from space of some kind it could just be a a star destroyer too i think i don't know yeah like it's just it's interesting that it is like a red laser blast um as we saw with star killer base um because like typically like the death star doesn't shoot like a red blast no i think it's green isn't it green yeah yeah so i don't know i think there's like some there's definitely some significance to it but i mean i think it's safe to assume that it is um something coming from the first order or the empire or whatever they are now um and it's like a you know a display of military might yeah 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 for sure um next shot speaking of intriguing things the next shot is super intriguing and uh, i think really really interesting and this is the one i said maybe connects back to the shot of leia um from earlier in fact i'm almost mm-hmm. positive it does and at least at least in that it's in the same place because this is this jungle kind of planet here i think um that leia is on earlier and this is ray i think it seems like she's training there's a training droid uh in the shot mm-hmm. um and she's throwing her lightsaber through a tree and then it's like coming i think in the same it's supposed to be the same like sequence or whatever it's coming back to her and she grabs onto it right um unless that's like just two different shots from the same location but i thought the impression was almost that like she was like throwing it through that tree and then it would like somehow come she would use the force to pull it back to her or whatever yeah yep um it's a little like <laughs> i i don't really understand what's um kind of happening here because you know you like i don't want to think of ray as a character who just goes like destroying trees and forests and stuff just for like fun or for her like quote unquote training um because that's like seems pointless um so i wonder like what the context of this shot is um because like we saw her destroy um a rock in a similar fashion in the last jedi um not throwing the saber but by slicing through it um so i know it was accidental yeah exactly but like we wouldn't think that she'd be like make accidentally making those same mistakes while training again at this point in the series um and it doesn't seem like she needs to be like testing out like oh how powerful is this lightsaber anyways like do you think it could slice a tree well no she knows she sliced she sliced a rock i would assume it's more maybe not necessarily with the same saber I would assume it's but. about more about controlling the throw and bringing it back to you and stuff. Yeah. Your point stands but about, like, do you have to cut a tree down in the process? And that seems needlessly exactly. destructive. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know how to else to interpret it because there's a training droid, you know, that I think is clearly like, unless that's some kind of probe droid and or Sith probe droid or whatever, like Darth Maul had in the Phantom no. Menace. And she's like, well, I got to kill that thing. Uh, I don't know how I, else to interpret it besides she's just out there training, yeah. you know? I think she is training, and 
I don't think she was initially intending on going out there to cut down trees with her lightsaber. Okay. I don't think that was her intention. Um, I think something either spooked her or she was feeling like a surge of emotion uh. that caused that. Okay. Possibly. Possibly. What do you think about the possibility that um, the reason we see Leia in that same jungle environment is because maybe Leia is involved in what Ray's doing out there? Like perhaps helping train her or, you know, at least talking mm. to her as she's doing this, this training or whatever. I like that idea. Yeah. I like that idea myself. I do too. I, I actually love the idea yeah. of like Leia training Ray in the force. Yeah. Or just like, yeah, training or just like, you know, uh, you know, I like basketball, you like basketball. And, you know, if we go out and shoot around a little bit, it's not necessarily that you're training me or I'm training you, but at least we're, you know what I mean? Kind of we're sharing in that activity or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, they could just be having a discussion about the force or having a discussion about life or philosophy or whatever. And you know, like that's happening at the same time. Um, I mean, I like the training thing. I feel like personally Leia's, you know, she's, she's Leia. She could, I'm sure, um, you know, train or, or mentor, ray so i'm not i don't want to say like oh she's probably not training her or mentoring her because she probably is or she very well could be um but i'm just saying it it could go a lot of ways but if those two are together and they're discussing and or working with the force like on some level then i think that's that -hmm. would be great and we see them hug when when ray is crying and i believe it's in that jungle location and um, mm. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we won't, won't see Leia outside of this jungle location. I think that's possible. Um, we'll see what happens. But I think this is in the beginning of the movie, too. I want to say, like, what they were talking about in Vanity Fair or at the panel in Chicago or something. I feel like they there was an indication that, like, this is where the movie starts out is on this jungle planet. and uh, Or at least that's where we pick up with Ray and Leia and stuff. So uh, I could be wrong about that, but that's the feeling I have. So I think this is early. It makes sense considering what Ray's doing, it'd be kind of weird if in the last, you know, 45 minutes of the movie, all of a sudden they cut to, like, Ray throwing lightsabers at training droids. So I assume this is really early on. Um, but uh, I'm pretty into it. Yeah, and I think, like, um, I like the idea of Ray getting the some kind of, like, physical training from um, Leia because it almost seems like that's kind of what she was you know, looking for from Luke and Luke trained her in like a different way and, you know, gave knowledge in a, in a different way, but to like get the other side of it from his sister, Mm -hmm. I think is really cool to get like, you know, the best of both worlds. Yeah. 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 That could be cool. Or, I mean, you know, uh, I, I, I agree with you. I like that, but I guess devil's advocate too. If you think about Luke and return of the Jedi, it's like he goes back to Dagobah to finish his training and Yoda's like, bruh, you've already like, you've done all this stuff. Like you don't, you don't need me to like, you know, ride around on your back anymore. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't need like, look at all you've accomplished already. Like we don't need to go run laps or do jumping jacks, but like, there's a few things I can tell you still that'll be helpful to you. You know what I mean? Mm, So even if it's just like Ray's out there doing her, you know, 
exercises like she did on Jakku, I mean, on um, Octo or whatever. And then, you know, after seeing her do that a little bit, like Leia walks out and they have like a really meaningful conversation, you know, and that would also be cool. So, um, I'm, I'm, I think I'm up for any kind of way they want to do that. If they put those two characters together and there's like a meaningful sequence mm-hmm. there or scene, uh, I'll be into it. So, yeah, cool. All right. We're, uh, we're, we're coming to the end of the, uh, the, the shots and the sequence of shots here in this trailer. But, uh, these are the really epic ones. Of course. Um, the next one is this really cool shot of Kylo, um, walking, leaving his like tie, Science, well, whatever interceptor, tie, yeah, his 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 like special tie there. Um, leaving that, walking from that with his lightsaber, like kind of dragging along the ground, and a sort of an angry like sad boy Kylo Ren type thing, like dragging that lightsaber mm-hmm. across the cracked ground. Um, and it's awesome. It's super atmospheric. There's lightning in the background. It looks like dark and smoky and cloudy. Um, really cool. It, I mean, I guess it looks kind of similar to the environment we saw those Star Destroyers in. It kind of does, yeah. It kind of does. Yeah. Um, I would posit or throw out there that I feel that... Did, did you feel like there's a little bit of like an unreality vibe to it, you know? Like, I I imagine it's... Oh, I would guess it's it's really happening in the film or whatever, but there's just something about like all the smoke and the lightning and... Everything where, you know, kind of looking at that Star Destroyer shot, you were you were feeling a little bit to yourself like, is that like a flashback or like sort of a memory, like a, an imagination, you know, imagining of what could have been or is it some kind of vision or something? I just feel like, again, if I had to put money on it, I imagine this is actually happening in the movie and he's walking from his tie and he's in that location. But then there's part of me that feels like this is potentially some kind of, I don't know. Just unreality is the word that's coming to mind. You know what I mean? Or some mm-hmm. sort of bent reality or something. And then you couple that with the cover art of Phil Shostak's um, art of The Rise of Skywalker, which seems to be some kind of unreality of some kind. You know what I mean? Some reality bending sort of interaction between Kylo and Rey. Um, mm-hmm. And then I just start to wonder, like, is this something to do with that kind of thing you know what i mean um and it's just because of like the atmosphere of it it just doesn't feel quite like an actual place necessarily but then it looks like he Mm -hmm. flew there on an actual tie fighter so it must be i don't know but it's just there's just something about it that gives me like pause you know and makes me feel like what am i looking at here you know yeah and then and then the next shot i don't get that feeling at all like the next shot i feel like that's reality like that is a sequence that takes place in the movie in the timeline of the movie both people are there and we'll come back to it in just a second you know or we'll get to it in just a second but like that most of the you know the vast majority of these shots i look at them and i think like oh yeah that's that's from the movie that's the thing that's happening but this one just part of me feels like is it a dream or is it a uh, i don't know something else so um yeah and plus I would imagine that Ray has already cut that TIE fighter in half by the time that this takes place and it looks <laughs> to be in good shape there. So either this happens earlier in the movie or perhaps it is some other kind of scenario. Yeah. All right. I don't know. Okay. Let's move on to the next one then, which is cool mm-hmm. as hell. And this is the um, shot of Ray and Kylo battling on what I think is, uh, and what most people think is Death Star Wreckage, right? Mm-hmm. L- yep. Love it. 
this battle should be um, completely incredible, totally amazing. I mean, it looks unbelievable, and I think it's going to be super epic. Um, I think we've talked on previous episodes about that potentially, like you feeling that would be earlier in the movie or not like a not the the culminating battle. And I, I probably agree with that. Mm-hmm. Either it's in early in the movie or or in the middle, but it certainly looks like an epic battle between them, and uh, it certainly looks like they um, are trying to settle a score there or that they are like battling for real you know what i mean looks pretty intense yeah so two things i've i have noticed about this shot and by notice i meant i mean like saw someone on twitter post about (laughs) it um so i'm not like saying either these are my ideas um but someone noticed that uh kylo is deflecting and defending this entire time and ray is the one attacking um so that's just something to keep in mind. And the other thing is if you zoom in on the um, reflection in the like puddle behind Kylo, um, you see his reflection, but not his capes. Okay, let me look at this like close up. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of gently push back on that first point about how he's, you know, not the aggressor or whatever. Because, like, I feel mm-hmm. like he's moving very much with purpose towards her. You know what I mean? He's not, like, moving away from her. He's moving towards her. And I saw a lot of that same commentary about the poster, too, where it was like, oh, if you look at that poster, it's like Ray's attacking him, but, you know, he's in a defensive position or something. And uh, possible, but I also feel like a little bit of that is kind of like that's what some people want to see, you know? Um, uh, I don't know. I don't think there's anything in The Last Jedi that makes me think, like, Kylo ended that movie wanting to kill Rey. Oh, I'm not saying he wants to kill her, but I'm saying that like they are having an intense battle here. So the idea that like Rey is just like wanting to kill Kylo. I mean, for that, based on that same logic, like what about the last Jedi made you think that Rey wanted to kill Kylo? She woke, she woke up, she woke up before he did and left and didn't kill him when he was laying there passed out, you know, like at no point did she ever try to kill Kylo Ren. Yeah. But you know, she gave him chances and um and then like she also called him a monster a bunch she and... called him a monster once early in the movie and then she touched hands with him and quivered yeah i'm just saying like yeah look like people people really want kylo ren to be redeemed and i for one think he very likely will be but i just feel like that you know there's a lot of people that like him so much that like they want to look at everything and sort of see that like See, he's, he's not bad. He's good, you know? Um, and so, like, looking at this scene and saying, like, when these two characters are what having what I think is a very, like, intense battle to say, like, well, one of them's just kind of, like, you know, not really fighting based on this little kind of moment. To me, they're coming towards each other, like, with the intention of battling. So, I don't know. That That's my take, but maybe i'm wrong i don't know yeah i mean i'm just going by what's shown here Mm -hmm. Mm. okay yeah so that was that was the one thing oh and the other thing was that Mm -hmm. you don't see the the uh reflection of the cape right Mm -hmm. yeah that's interesting i feel like i it's a little hard to say because there's that like structure with the little like Mm x-shaped windows on it or whatever that's like is that blocking where the reflection of the cape would be or I don't know. I don't know what the what would, what would be the idea there that he's not really there or something. Well, um, I don't know. But if you look at the leg in particular, uh-huh. 
like there should be a cape billowing over that leg in the reflection. Yeah. Because that's the way it's positioned. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, so the well, the I... probably most plausible answer is the cape. I saw someone post the cape's probably CG. Right, 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 right. They just like haven't put it through post uh, in the reflection. It was just like a mistake yeah, th- or something they thought people wouldn't catch, which would be ridiculous because people are always going to catch these things in Star Wars. Well, it doesn't have to be a finished effect shot, though, just to be in this teaser. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then also, like, yeah. look how long he, like, you see, like, his shoulder and his arm is, like, stretched, like, way down almost to the bottom of the frame. Where it's like there's a mm-hmm. perspective distortion going on where I think it's kind of hard to say exactly where the cape would be because like I don't know based on it's just like a very long reflection you know what I'm saying so yeah it's not like a you're not seeing like the exact same thing that you're seeing kind of you know in the actual version in the reflection because it's like sort of stretched out I guess but I don't know this is pretty pretty uh, <laughs> down in the weeds I guess um, as far as yeah. But, I mean, there's also, again, there's a precedent for it when you watch The Last Jedi the second time and you're like, oh, shit, Luke's not leaving footprints on Crate. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know. I don't know how all this stuff, like, applies or connects, but, like, it is something I think that's worth looking at. But also, we could see this trailer, like, reposted or something and that effect is in because they're like, oops, we forgot to you know do this in after effects or whatever <laughs> that he's an avid yeah, yeah, yeah um yeah so yeah, yeah yeah okay let's just move on to the last shot how what are your feelings on this shot ryan um remind me because I feel like I'm Mr. Negativity tonight, um, even though I love mm-hmm. this trailer and I'm extremely excited about The Rise of Skywalker, but um, I guess I have more of a negative vibe, unfortunately. So tell me what you think about it before I tell you what I think. <laughs> so I think, like, you know, obviously we're talking about this shot of Ray um, in some location with a hood and a weird switchblade light double lightsaber um that's very very silly um (laughs) and um you know i think it's the same way we talked about kylo's um saber the first in that first uh tfa um trailer (laughs) where like man they just love making weird lightsabers to make them seem cooler um but then you know we've i think we've all kind of come around to the cross guard and everything and we've seen it like you know somewhat applied in the film and like i i don't think anyone's mad about the cross guard lightsaber at this point agreed um agreed so yeah so i think this one's pretty silly um but you know as for like what this symbolizes is you know ray um having a double lightsaber and having like kind of sith-ish garments Mm -hmm. um and having kind of an expression 
that is definitely not um, her cheery expression. Um, so, I mean, my thought of what this is, is it's a forced vision. It's not literal. Um, I, I think this is one of those things like, yep, this is in the movie, but not in like the context that's the most obvious. And this is where we get into like the, are, do Star Wars trailers misdirect or not? Because, like, you know, we go back to The Last Jedi ones and some of the stuff we freaked out about once we saw it in context, we we're like, oh, okay, yeah, well, that, you know, that makes sense. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a vision, like, everyone's kind of been talking about it. I think um, I'm on the side of, like, this is a Kylo vision in one way or another, um, you know, when we're exploring the dual protagonists of the film, like Ray kind of got like her taste of the dark side in the last Jedi. It didn't, it didn't sit well with her. Um, and you know, she came out like, you know, a light side character, um, out of that film. I don't think we're going to need to continue to like explore this struggle in her, which is why I don't think it's her, um, but it is something that, like, I think could go a lot of different ways in Kylo Ren's mind. All right. I am with you, um, almost all the way there. I, I'm really, I'm with you all, all the way there pretty much as far as it's a vision. Um, and I don't really think that, you know, the trajectory of this character is that, you know, she would go this far because this is like, I've changed my clothes. I've made a red lightsaber and I've made a weird switchblade switchblade red lightsaber. And yes, I know that a Jedi Temple Guard or somebody had it in Clone Wars or whatever, but like or in Rebels and it's not the first time we've seen this mm-hmm. sort of lightsaber design exactly. Um which kind of contradicts my previous statement where I was like, well JJ doesn't read comic books, you know. But <laughs> I don't think JJ really watches Rebels either and yet here we have a a lightsaber design that seems to come from like, you know, deep in the star Wars lore and not like straight out of the movies. So, um, I would say that, uh, that makes me look pretty wrong as far as my previous comment about, uh, that stuff. So who knows? Um, all that being said, like if, if we accept this at face value and this is one of the, the issues I have with it, it's like, and, and this is the first time I'm actually thinking this, which I feel kind of dumb about now cause it's so obvious, but it, it does kind of evoke the hood. It really kind of evokes like Luke Skywalker in the beginning of return of the Jedi you know, where he mm-hmm. was kind of doing his dance with the dark side a little bit, um, or at least like, you know, um, exploring that part of him a little more, you know, uh, and it kind of evokes that too, but you know, he still had his normal lightsaber. He wasn't, he, he hadn't gone full on, like I'm pale and gaunt looking in the face and I have a weird switchblade lightsaber and all that uh-huh. stuff, you know, it's just so far that it's like, she would have mm-hmm. really have to, she really would have had to have like doubled down on like, no, I'm dark side Ray now, you know? And that just doesn't mm-hmm. seem like part of the trajectory. But that being said, we do have these kind of quotes from da- Daisy being playful. One quote from her over the weekend, she said, you know, asked about, you know, playing this dark side Ray. She says, I did, or did I? Which is interesting. And then another quote, she says, um, that she, she was asked about playing with the light and the dark. And she says, it's been great. It's the most human thing. Everyone struggles with one thing pulling me this way and one thing pulling me this way. And what this journey is going to be and where am I going to end up. So it's fun to play that. 
Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, in that regard, she's kind of like, yeah, I play like a dark side Ray, at least to a certain extent. But it could be like, it was fun that one day when I did that dark side Ray thing. You know what I mean? For that one yeah. vision. Um, so, I don't know. Um, I guess my point is I'm with you. I don't think it's I don't think it's literal or I don't think it's mm-hmm. it's uh it's it's that, you know, halfway through this movie all of a sudden Ray's gonna turn dark. Um I think it's really interesting that those lightsaber braid blades are Kylo Ren jagged style lightsaber blades in the shot. Yeah. Uh I think that's really interesting. I also think the the location seems really interesting. Like where is she? Um that's really interesting to think about as well, you know. Um, I mean, I guess a weird kind of location or whatever lends itself to a vision of some kind, but, uh, but yeah, it looks really kind of, I don't know, like part of me wonders, is, not wonders, but part of me thinks like, is that some kind of like weird, like Sith temple, you know, cause it kind of mm-hmm. has that sort of vibe. And, yep. and then I feel like too, that like, that, that like, um, wider shot of her, that medium shot, um, uh, of Ray when the lightsaber is like fully extended into a two sided lightsaber and all that, like this is probably me like when you were saying like, Hey, where's the Cape reflection? This is like my version of that because I feel like it looks like a face on the wall, like almost like a, like a face carved into the wall or something. Oh yeah. Like on the far, on right. the far right. Yep. But yep. I don't, um, I don't know. It almost looks like, like the, uh, the grand inquisitors. I mean, not that I'm saying, I think it is the grand inquisitor, but like that style of kind of like, you know, sort of thing. Like, could that be some like, carving of a sith you know an ancient sith lord or something you know i don't know it feels kind of expanded universe to be in a star wars movie but then so does that lightsaber you know so i don't know yeah like at first i was like are those some kind of is that like some kind of mask hanging on the wall Uh like some giant like mask um or yeah is it a, a wall carving or whatever um, and it's really interesting how there's like these sparks or embers like coming off everything, and like in that particular screenshot you saved, like it, it the the way the sparks are um, in there, like they kind of look like pupils on eyes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah on that in a yeah, way, yeah. and um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's interesting, um, but I don't. I don't see how like that does that just doesn't like really track with the story, right? Um, of what we what we know, um, but I think it's also like. I mean, it's. I guess it's. Like, I mean, it's not like entirely impossible either. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so tough with like, um, you know, when we t- we talk about like, um, Revenge of the Sith and stuff, and like Anakin's fall to the dark side because like we knew that was coming. Um, and then, like, the way it happened, I think, is, like, compelling and pretty believable. Um, but I don't know. Like, I... There's... I I mean, there's, like, an infinite number of possibilities here. There are. Um, I don't... 
I, I like, I'm still definitely going with like, this is a vision. Um, I, it is like, there is like the question of like, why would Kylo Ren be having this vision? Um, or I guess like, why would Ray be having this dream? Um, and I think like there's, there is some difference there because like, we do know that Ray's dreams have been important, um, in the, uh, in the sequel trilogy. Um, and there is some meaning to her dreams and some like, um, I don't know, like, almost, like, premonition to them. Um, so, I don't know. Like, it, if it is something she dreams, then I don't really know what the implications of that are, especially seeing that, like, a lot of her dreams come true in the same way that Anakin's dreams came true in the prequels. Uh, remind me if I'm missing anything, but like, and maybe this is a little, you know, of a, of a nitpicky distinction, but like Anakin had dreams, like nightmares that like woke him up at night and stuff, right? Ray has had visions in a couple movies, right? Like she had the vision when she touched the lightsaber. Um, mm-hmm. and then she had like the, the cave, you know, kind of thing in the mm-hmm. force. I mean, in the last Jedi, we haven't seen her have like actual like dreams or nightmares, have we? Um, yeah, like, well, we didn't see it on screen, but she talks about, like, um, or, like, Kylo is, like, oh, in your dreams, you, you see an island, island. Yeah, and... That's true. Um, and she... I guess she has the vision of her parents leaving, um, as well. Well, that's in the force and, pack, right? When she touches the lightsaber? Yeah, 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 that's true. And then, um, but then doesn't she tell Luke that she's seen the island, or doesn't he say, like, you've seen this you've seen island this place in your before. dreams? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that, that's um, true. There's there's precedent for that, I guess. I mean, my, my big thing, if I think about, like, the vision thing is, like, well, it could just be, like, the equivalent of, you know, like, the, the force tree on, on uh, you know, Dagobah and the Empire Strikes Back, and somebody I... Sorry, I can't credit whoever it is, but posted uh, a photo of Luke's head in the Darth Vader helmet, like from mm-hmm. Dagobah, and said, "You know, imagine if there was the internet in 1980, uh, or was it 19? 19- yeah, 1980, right? That's an empire. So, you know, imagine mm-hmm. that. Like, people would have been freaking out too, and you know, it would have been we would have no context for it and have no idea why is Mark, why is Luke Skywalker's head in a Darth Vader helmet and it's decapitated. You know what I mean? So yeah, <laughs> um, it's one of those things, but no, but Palpatine Palpatine. I, I'm a big believer in, in the fact that revenge of the Sith very much shows him Palpatine specifically manipulating Anakin's dreams and planting this vision in, within Anakin that Padme is going to die. I don't just think that's Anakin's psyche creating that or anything. I think personally that that's Palpatine because he needed Anakin to be afraid that Padme would die because that really makes it easy to manipulate Anakin. Um, And I also happen to believe that the reason Padme died is because Palpatine killed her because he didn't want to have to fight for Anakin's attention. Or if he really wants Anakin to be dark and evil and be Darth Vader, you can't really have this, you know, um, 
this uh, representation of goodness and you know all the and the light in his life that has to be snuffed out or mm-hmm. he's going to be torn once she's gone mm-hmm. and is you know once she's gone then he's not torn anymore he's devoted to palpatine so like to me it just makes perfect sense like he creates that fear he exploits that fear he removes the one thing that anakin truly loves um you know and and does so after you know first potentially him orchestrating you know his mother being killed by the tuscan raiders it's just like taking all these things away from anakin in a way that's very strategic i feel like and so we know palpatine's coming mm-hmm. back in this movie we know that palpatine palpatine likes to manipulate people's you know fears and and uh and that kind of thing and insecurities and all that stuff so um you know is he creating this vision for ray because it would it would be something that would scare her is he creating it for uh kylo and if so, like, what is he hoping to elicit from Kylo by showing him this vision? Mm-hmm. Is it that, like, um, I don't need you because I have someone who will be more powerful than you anyway, or I can replace you with Dark Ray, or, you know what I mean? Who knows? It could be any number of things. Like, if you just do this thing that I need you to do, then I can promise you that Dark Ray will be by your side or whatever, you know? I mean, it could be a lot of things. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of ways it could go. Um, but I personally kind of like the idea that I guess either it's the force showing one of these characters what they need to see a la the force tree on Dagobah or it's Palpatine being the manipulative son of a gun that he's, I think, demonstrated Mm -hmm. himself to be. Well, obviously he's demonstrated himself to be. It's just to what level we think he's done it, but um, surely it's that. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's really interesting because we do know that there is some sort of like sith or dark side ability to plant visions Mm -hmm. in others heads um snoke talks about it i hadn't really ever thought of it as i i thought about it like planting those visions planting connections linking minds whatever snoke was doing which he probably learned from palpatine um or he thought he was doing it but palpatine was the one actually doing it or whatever, but I never really thought about um, Palpatine, like, implanting dreams. Um, So I think that's going to be, like, another thing to unpack and watch through the lens of when um, next time I watch Revenge of the Sith. Mm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I I just read the the novelization i just finished reading that and um yeah i think it doesn't uh, uh it doesn't strongly imply those things or anything like that in the in the novel no it's it's not in there but there is just like so much like meditation on the dark side that um i don't know yeah i don't know and i do i do think like for that theory to make any sense or for that theory to work as far as um revenge of the sith goes you, you kind of have to believe that George left it ambiguous on purpose or that George thought mm-hmm. it was most interesting and most compelling if you hinted at those things without, you know, really ever, you know, kind of explicitly confirming or whatever. And I think George would have been right if that was his perspective, you know, is that it it, mm-hmm. it kind of loses all interest if some character walks out from off stage and says, by the way, Anakin, uh, the only reason Anakin had those nightmares is because Palpatine planted them there. You just took something really interesting and made it really boring, I feel like, if, if that happens in the movie. So um, hinting at it, but never completely confirming it, I think, is is uh, 
is uh, the most interesting way of, of doing that. It, but it also means we'll never know for sure, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But then in, but in this case, like Snoke straight out says it. Like <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. But it's also, it, it, it's one of those things where in that case, it, it's still, um, it's like, it's a, it's a twist, you know what I mean? Versus a closing the book thing. Because Snoke says, mm-hmm. it's me that planted your, your, you know, connected your minds. But that's not the end of the story of their minds being connected. You know what I mean? Versus, mm-hmm. like, if Palpatine's like, oh, the only reason you were afraid that Padme would die is because I put that in your head. And then he still turns to the dark side. Like, why would he do it? Or if Palpatine yeah. says the only reason that, you know, it happened is because I planted those ideas in your head. And now I'm going to kill Padme. I mean, it just doesn't really work on any level. But yeah. but with the Ray Kylo thing, it's like it almost makes it more interesting that he says that because you're like, oh, well he he orchestrated it, but the connection between them is still there. So now, what do they choose to do with it, and where does it go from here? You know what I mean? There's a lot of possibilities left, I guess, after he says that. So I think it's mm-hmm. it's it's pretty cool, and it was just a you know a pretty surprising twist. Um, I think maybe the the kind of last uh, thing that I would offer about the, the this dark ray thing at the end here um is that i feel like there's again sort of like i said about that shot of kylo with the lightsaber but even more so here there's something about it where i feel like they've pushed it to the point of almost ridiculousness you know what i mean with the with the the style of the lightsaber and just like she doesn't look a little evil i mean she looks like hardcore like i'm mega bad ray you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. and all of that kind of adds up to me to like well, if she really was just going to turn to the dark side in this movie, it wouldn't be this extreme. You know what I mean? This is like, it just feels so extreme that it's it's mm-hmm. past the point of plausibility and into the point of like a, like unreality or whatever, you know? So I think mm-hmm. visually it kind of suggests that, at least to me personally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say like the, uh, like where I fall on this is that it's a vision, Um where I don't fall on this is related to her parentage or lack thereof or um, the potential that she's like a clone or like the, um, you know, the same kind of um, divine birth that, um, you know, begat anakin yeah in the phantom menace like i don't think that's i that doesn't feel like the correct track and the one that makes sense um for this to me um but i guess we'll see it's rare to see you drop your camino uh all things camino persona uh for a moment and mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm glad to see that you did that i don't know if it's because it's late in the evening and you're just willing to uh to leave the artifice <laughs> at the door or what but normally anytime the word clone comes up you're like camino ton we uh yeah you know, like you're just Which like all about exactly all things being cloned in this movie including c-3po so i'm n- no i'm not <laughs> i those were your words not mine yeah i know the and i just only... put it in your mouth uh <laughs> great Thanks. Well, they're still not mine. I spit them out because <laughs> um, they didn't belong there. Um, no, like I've kind of been saying this whole time, and my original clone theory all goes back to it. Palpatine. Like, there's going to be one clone in this movie. It's going to be Palpatine because he made it when he made an unaltered clone of himself 
at the same time he let Django Fett make an unaltered clone of himself at Kamino, and then um, the you know the army came out, the facilities were shut down, and that's the end of clones in Star Wars. Okay. Um, how about uh, any possibility of possession at all here, do you think, Ryan? Well, yeah, if that Sith bomb goes off. <laughs> And just start spreading Sith juice in everyone. Uh, your theories are a yeah. Sith bomb. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I yeah. don't know. I feel like there is, like, I don't know. I just feel like um, possibility of, like, a haunted artifact or, like, you know, that Emperor Palpatine's not going to be there in the flesh in this movie, but that his, like, spirit or whatever will be there in some way. And so, um, you know, I don't think I like it that much. I don't think it's very plausible. But I guess before Clone, I think maybe I'd say, like, did Ray somehow get possessed and uh and then you know it, so it's not really her but it is her you know kind of thing um and I could see that being yeah, a pathway what's so to weird of- so I, was, I could see that being a pathway to Kylo Ren being redeemed but I don't like it too much because I feel like it makes the story too much Kylo's story and not enough Ray's story you know I don't want her to lose well, her agency I- uh, yeah yeah exactly I don't think that's like an authentic end to their relationship and their character arcs because then that's just like a like a deus ex machina that just like happens and then you're like oh okay well why (laughs) why did we have all this build up if that was just gonna and and you're taking gonna happen and you're taking this fantastic you know female hero and the first you know trilogy and the first star wars uh, story that features like a woman at the forefront as the hero character and then having her saved by a man in the final act of the movie you know what I mean like I don't really think that's a great idea either personally I, I don't yeah. think it works on a lot of levels but uh, I think there's probably going to be some pathway for redemption from Kylo and I'm trying to figure out what it is you know so just thinking out loud yeah, yeah I don't like it I, th- I think it's just like the path that's been set the whole time um, you know, just that he's a conflicted character, um, but he's also a sociopath, and he, you know, it's like he's gonna have to, like, account for for that as well, and um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think this scene has anything to do with his redemption, though. I think this is still like him longing for something or you know I man I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot to chew on. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I don't I don't quite buy the um possession part of it. Um because like if, you know, if for example like we do know um Sith spirits can be tied to objects um, that was in, like, Charles Soule's Lando and uh, Darth Vader runs. Um, again, I don't think J.J. has read them, but I do think it's those seeds. He is aware of those seeds that were planted, or he was the impetus for those seeds to be planted, you know, before The Force Awakens. Yeah. Whatever. Um, it's, you know, it's all connected through the story group. Um, and how that like is communicated but um, if she was possessed I think it would be 
much more subtle and it would be exhibited in her words and actions and not necessarily her image where she like would you know pick up a you know a helmet or something and then all of a sudden be like oh man i need to get some new some new clothes like yeah <laughs> i need to get like uh let's see what's the most badass lightsaber i can find that's like super evil around here right i'm just gonna rummage through some bins like yeah yeah i'm gonna get the sith makeover yeah Yeah. because like you said this is the most extreme end of that and that's not that just doesn't seem like the reality in the film no no um i will say though like i think the intention of because party part of the discourse and part of like just the natural reaction to this i think is to say if this is in the movie why would they spoil it in a teaser trailer you know four months before the movie comes out or whatever um and i think the answer to the question is because like good god does it does it did it ever get people talking you know what i mean like i mean people are straight up curious like to know what is going on in the scene and i think um, you know, if they can follow this up in about six weeks with a fantastic, you know, final two and a half minute trailer that maybe gives us some clue as to what the hell the story of this movie is, because it's still yeah. like completely, <laughs> I have no idea, you know, and I'm sure there are people out there that have some spoilers or whatever that have a little better idea than I do, but like for real, neither of these teasers give really any indication whatsoever of what this story is going to be beyond Palpatine comes back and the good guys seem to be together in a lot of the shots, you know, but other than that, you don't know anything about like what the plot of this movie is. And so, um, I would say that, you know, this gets people talking and it's, you still don't really know what's going to happen in this movie. Um, I guess you kind of know that the shot's going to be in it in some capacity, but you have no idea how or why. And, uh, so it's just, it's getting people talking, getting people thinking it's building excitement. I'm really excited uh, it's like painful to know that it's months before I find the answer to this question we've been chomping on here for the last 20 minutes or whatever. But, uh, uh, but I'm super excited. Less, less than four months. Less than four months. At this point. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I, I doubt we get a dark Ray in wave one of the, uh, Hasbro figures, but that would be cool. <laughs> I'll buy a Ray. Oh man. I'll buy, uh, I'll buy a dark Ray on triple force Friday if they let me, but I don't think so. This is probably roughly two yeah. years from now. We can maybe get a dark ray toy, huh? Well, no. Anything they show is fair game for Force Friday, I think. Anything they show in footage. Yeah, but they would have had to have shown that footage to Hasbro 18 months ago if it was going to be ready for Force Friday. It takes a long, <laughs> long time. Maybe they did. Maybe. 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 Uh, although, actually, Daisy did say this weekend, too, that... Um, this is like something that JJ brought to her while they were filming and was like, you know, it was like, wasn't going to be, yeah, it was, a, it was kind of a surprise. Like, Oh, now we're doing this. And she's like, Oh wow. Okay, cool. So another thing that makes me think it's a mm-hmm. tiny sequence in the movie. Um, the fact that, you know, mm-hmm. like she didn't know she was doing this until they were already partway through. Um, yeah. Then, Cause if this is like a big part of like her role, like she would have had to like if this is the end game of her you know character arc 
like she would have had to have some idea or else like her performances would contradict it like too much yeah 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 and i mean it, it you know obviously there's always the possibility of interviews being misinterpreted and things like that but um i i don't think so um, let me let me share one more quote, uh, and then we'll we'll wrap it up here. Um, this is JJ, and by the way, uh, we should give credit to um, Slimo on Twitter, who uh, all weekend long and week long was like posting all these great uh, YouTube clips and interviews with uh, from the press junkets and that kind of thing, um, which was awesome of uh, her. So yeah, she was like the connection, the connective tissue between what was happening at D twenty three to the rest of star wars fans and somehow like found it all especially (laughs) especially uh in the dark 36 hour period from saturday afternoon to monday morning (laughs) when all we could do was read about the footage in the in the in the teaser and and not actually see it so um we were snapping up any morsel we could at that point so uh for sure it's awesome of her uh okay so anyways this last quote is jj being asked about the ending of the rise of skywalker and him saying the ending is the ending and that's not always the case but the ending is exactly what we've always had the ending is not what we've been playing with in editing so just really confirming the idea there that uh this movie has a clear ending they knew what it would be from day one uh and it hasn't changed and so um again i don't think dark ray is where the movie's going to end and i don't think that's um you know, n- most of the evidence we're seeing and stuff does not really support the idea, in my opinion, anyway, that uh, that this is a major kind of factor in it. But I guess it's just cool to know that, you know, they're they're shaping the movie right now. They're they're finishing editing the movie and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, it, it has a very defined ending that, you know, I think they're happy with. And that's really important for any movie it's super important for star yeah. wars episode nine don't you think i mean that the ending is uh uh-huh, yeah <laughs> they, 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 they stick the the landing on the ending and that um they feel confident in that way so it would be uh be pretty shaky pretty scary if in you know july or august of 2019 he's like yeah we've really been uh we've been toying around with how we want to end this movie like uh-oh yeah <laughs> that'd be rough yeah we've narrowed it down to about like five possible outcomes. yeah yeah who knows um so, all right. Well, I think we better call uh, call the episode there, Ryan. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, two episodes from us kind of in, what, four or five days. I think we'll take this upcoming weekend off and then uh, come back next week with another uh, new episode of the Blockade Runner podcast. So, um, until then, you can follow um, everything we do, listen to previous episodes uh, and whatnot at blockaderunnerpodcast.com. If you want to email the show and let us know what you think, uh, we would love to hear your theories uh, about the trailer, the teaser, specifically Dark Ray, or any other thoughts you have on uh, the direction of The Rise of Skywalker, you can email us at blockaderunnerpodcast at gmail.com. Um, or, you know, if, you, if anybody wants to use that anchor voicemail link in the show notes, I think that would be fun. We'd love to include your voicemail on the show. Um, or, you know, just uh, record one on your phone or whatever and, and email it to uh, blockaderunnerpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, the show is on Twitter at blockaderun. Ryan, you are on Twitter at Bron Jorf, B-R-A-W-N-D-W-A-R-F. All right. So thanks very much for listening and watching, and uh, we'll be back soon with more Block and Runner podcast. I don't care what you say. No, I don't care what you do. I'm going to the dark.